Hebrews chapter 3 continues the argument that we've been following since chapter 1. Since we have received a greater revelation of God through Jesus, we have a greater responsibility to hold on to it. Hebrews is going to continue making comparisons of what God did back then versus what God does today. He's going to compare Jesus to Moses and also ourselves to the Israelites who followed Moses in the wilderness. Just as God expected faithfulness from his people back then, he expects us to faithfully follow his son. Verses 1 through 6 begin with the comparison of Jesus and Moses, and we're to consider the faithfulness of Jesus and the greater glory that he has over Moses. Moses, we're told in verse 2, was faithful in all of God's house. It's a reference to Numbers 12, verse 7. There, Moses' authority has been called into question by his siblings, Aaron and Miriam. And rather than defending himself, God speaks out on his behalf. He defends Moses' credentials as the prophet par excellence by saying that he speaks to Moses face to face, not in dreams like with others. Moses had seen the glory of God on Mount Sinai and had a deep intimacy with God that none other could claim. And at the end of his life, in Deuteronomy 34.10, we're told that there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. But now, we see Jesus. Unlike Moses, he wasn't a servant in God's house, he's a son. And Moses saw the glory of God, while Jesus is the very radiance of God's glory. We're told that Jesus is given more glory as the builder of a house is versus the building itself. The house is a reflection of the genius who designed and constructed it, and any compliment given to the building will indirectly praise the architect. While Israel is consistently called the house of God in the Old Testament, which Moses was a part of, Jesus is the one through whom all things are created, and so any glory given to Moses is given to God as well. Verse 6 works as a transitional passage. Moses was a part of God's house and was praised for his faithfulness. Now that we've received our heavenly calling, we're a part of that household too, if we hold fast to our hope in Jesus. Just as Jesus and Moses are given glory because of their faithfulness, so are we. And verses 7 through 19 warn us of what happens if we don't hold fast. We're told to watch out because of what we've seen happen to Israel in the wilderness. It begins with a lengthy quotation of Psalm 95, verses 7 through 11. But the entire psalm seems to be in the author's mind. It's a call to honor God above all others, especially considering his creative deeds, just as Hebrews has encouraged us to hold fast to Jesus, given his superior status above all creation. The portion of the psalm directly quoted uses the wilderness generation as a negative example to call us to greater obedience. We're told that if we hear his voice today, then we shouldn't be like the faithless generation who perished in the wilderness. In Hebrews 3.7, we're told that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. It's not only sacred revelation, but direct revelation. That today is this very day that you've read the chapter. And so we need to hear the word or face the same fate of the Israelites who refused to listen to God. They had hard hearts. Like Pharaoh, they refused to be faithful to God even in the midst of so many signs and wonders done in their very presence. Their hearts wandered, always wanting to go back to their old lives away from God. And their refusal to listen was not merely a fault of ignorance. It was rebellion against God. The problem with the wilderness generation was not that they didn't believe that God existed. Their unbelief is better phrased as being faithless. So God swore in his wrath 
that they would never enter into his rest that he had promised to them. In verse 12, attention is now given to us who are hearing the word of God today. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. This is one of the clearest examples that a faithful believer in Christ can fall away. If we don't listen, if we don't hold fast, if we don't watch out for our heart, it can lead us to fall away from a living faith in God, and we will never enter into that rest. In verses 16 through 18, we're asked, who's heard God's word? Well, all those who left Egypt, and yet they still rebelled. Who suffered God's wrath? Those who sinned. Who did God make an oath to that they wouldn't enter into his rest? Those who disobeyed. And why? Because in verse 19, we see that they were unable to enter because of their faithlessness. This all goes back to the warning in Hebrews 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So here's what we're supposed to do with all this. In verse 12, take care is better translated as watch out. Keep an eye on what you're doing so that you're not deceived by sin. It's never harmless, it's never anonymous, and it's always known by God. And second, in verse 13, we're to exhort one another. Christianity is a team sport. It's our job to be involved with each other deeply enough so that we can exhort one another accurately. And that requires humility and a level of vulnerability we're typically not comfortable with. But the risks, if we don't have people watching our back, make it all worth it. So you've been called to something higher in this life. And Hebrews is warning us time and time again, hold on to it and never look back. <laughs>